Hello there. Welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. I am so glad that you're here with me today. In case we are new friends, I'm especially glad that you're here. And as you've likely guessed by now, my name is Denise Alvarez, and I get the pleasure of hosting this podcast for you. Now, aside from that, I also have a business called Storm Lily Marketing, where I get to help horse business owners like you convert your website visitors into your customers through coaching, website design, website content, and email marketing strategy. My goal, whether it is through the podcast or through my one-on-one clients, is to help you all build a sustainable horse business so that you can be out in the barn doing more of what you love to do. And I get that not everybody loves marketing like I do, and you might even be listening to this podcast thinking you're not so sure if it's the avenue for you either, but it is, and I'm going to help you out because I'm going to show you with a mix of step-by-step strategies and basic how-tos, I'm here to help you not only see what's possible for your horse business through marketing, but also to help guide you through that process so that you can make it happen. And that is exactly what we're going to do on the podcast today, because I have a new friend joining me that I know you're going to love. Tara Moore, through her company Farm and Fur, serves equestrian and rural small businesses, and specifically, she specializes in branding and photography. And I really brought her on today because of that branding piece. As you're going to hear in the interview, Tara is passionate about branding in particular, and so I wanted her to share some step-by-step strategies with you so that you can build a brand foundation. Now, let's talk about that for a second. I know that many horse business owners think about branding just in terms of their logo or maybe even the colors that they use, but not really much more past that. But as you're going to hear from my conversation with Tara, There are some specific steps that you can follow to build a great foundation for your brand, which is so much more than just the colors. So let's jump into my interview with Tara as she shares three steps that you can follow to build your brand foundation. Hey, Tara, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Welcome to How to Market Your Horse Business. I sure appreciate you being here with us. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited, especially to connect with another equestrian entrepreneur. I know, right? It's so fun. I love that. And I think I shared before um, in the intro, but we met on Instagram. And so I love that. It's been so fun to learn more about you and follow your journey as well. So this will be really fun today. Absolutely. Okay. So first I would love it if you would share just a little bit about your background. How did you become a branding expert for equine entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. So I am from Monmouth County, New Jersey, surrounded by hunter jumper barns. And I actually got my start working with horses by volunteering at different therapeutic riding centers for riders with disabilities. And that gave me a great way to have a lot of hands-on time with horses without always having to pay for riding lessons because we all know how expensive those are. And then eventually I was offered a working student position. And then for a long time, I straddled this line between the corporate business world and the equestrian industry. 
while I was in business school, I was working on the marketing team of a software company during the week, teaching writing lessons on the weekends. And then by the time I graduated and officially kicked off my corporate career, I was commuting to New York City five days a week to work for a PR firm in downtown Manhattan. And on the weekends was volunteering at a therapeutic writing center to get my hours to become a PATH certified instructor. But then eventually all of my horse girl dreams came true and I was offered a live-in barn manager position on a 45-acre horse farm in my hometown. And I would actually be taking over for Ashley, who now does all of the graphic design work for Farm and Fur through her business, White Stallion Studio. So here I was thinking I was finally living my horse girl dreams, but I think after all of the hustle and bustle of the city, I still really needed a bigger goal to work towards. So I picked up a few side hustles, doing some freelance work for local barns, and eventually became the program director of a therapeutic writing program. And I prepared to take them through a rebrand with the help of Ashley. So this was really our first little um, casual introduction into working together uh, on the design side. But at the time, we really had no idea that we would eventually be doing this um, as a full-fledged business together. And the deeper I got into working with rural small businesses, just because naturally the program director position offered a lot of networking opportunities with other local farms and other local therapeutic writing centers, the more I realized they were all totally missing the mark on their digital marketing. Their photos didn't do their businesses justice, their websites were lacking in terms of design and engaging copy, and their social media was pretty much little to none. So in January of 2020, I purchased my first professional camera after never using one before, but I reached out to pretty much every photographer that I knew. I watched tons of YouTube videos, listened to tons of podcasts, and did a lot of sessions for free to just kind of develop my own style. And slowly over those next few months, Farm and Fur became the business that it is today. And now we are um, full service in terms of developing your brand executing a brand photo shoot, creating content for your brand, and giving you a practical way to use all of that branding and those photos across your digital marketing. I love that. What a beautiful <laughs> summary. Thank you for sharing in such detail. I know that so much of our audience can identify with so many parts of your story. And so I love that. And in your website is beautiful. It's a beautiful representation of what you all are doing. And of course, your social media too, which is where we're connected <laughs> now. Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So like you said, you know, a lot of the struggle is around that consistent branding. So when we look a lot of times at Facebook or Instagram, or even their website, a lot of horse business owners, they know that they want to put photos out there because of course, horse people love their horse photos, but they're not really sure how do they bring it all together for consistent branding across the board. So when you and I first chatted about you being on the podcast, it was definitely a natural fit to ask you to share some specific strategies and tips that our listeners can use so that they can have consistent branding, whether it's their social media, their website, or even print materials such as flyers and brochures, all of those things should be consistent and it will serve them well, right? Absolutely. Your branding really is the first introduction that people have to you, whether like you said, it's on paper through a flyer, or if it's online, when someone even just types in like 
the, the general industry of your business. And hopefully you're one of the first ones that comes up. And I think it really just shows a higher level of professionalism and intention. And it also adds a lot of focus to your business. So when you do take the time to really set your foundation and clearly define your audience, consider what their needs are, what will appeal to them, and then bring that to life through your branding, it will definitely help attract your customers. Yes, that makes perfect sense. So definitely let's let's start there. Let's talk about some of the practical ways that you advise your clients to get super clear on their branding. Absolutely. Yep. So the first tip that I have to clarify your branding, it really comes down to setting that foundation. So I think a common misconception that people have about branding is that it's all about your color palette and consistent fonts and the pretty visuals. And while that is a very important part of it, the foundation of your brand actually goes so much deeper than that. Your brand represents your values, your purpose, and the stories and feelings that go along with it. So if you want to figure out how to put more of this focus into your own brand, you can start by asking yourself, what is the purpose behind my business? Who is my ideal customer? What are their specific needs? And how can I help them? Because it can be really easy to right off the bat, choose your brand colors off of your own design preferences, but you never want to forget who you're actually creating the content for. So of course you want to like your own visuals, but it's even more important that it resonates with your ideal customer. That makes perfect sense. And you know, as you were talking, I've actually been reading Start With Why. I'm not sure if you've read that mm-hmm. before by Simon Sinek. And it lines up per- perfectly with what you're saying. Because as a business, when you know why you're doing what you're doing, you know who you're serving, then that's going to be clear in your visuals. And obviously, there will be different visuals depending on what those things are. So I think that's maybe where you're taking us next. What's our next step? Yes, absolutely. So once you know exactly who you are targeting and you set a really good foundation, then you can start to develop your own color palette. Um, and then this is where you can really get into some of the divine in, into some of the fun design stuff. So I'm a big believer in making your brand work for you rather than you working for your brand. When I first started Firm and Fur, I was so hung up on making sure that my outfits were perfect for every photo. I got super dressed up, put on a ton of makeup, and I literally would plan my entire day for my photo shoot. So I wouldn't work in the barn that day. I'd make sure I had the day off so that I wouldn't have hat hair or helmet hair from riding. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And all of the outfits that I had originally planned for shoots were purely aspirational. I remember my first couple brand photos, I had these like high-waisted, burnt orange, flowy metallic pants that I got on the sale rack from Anthropology, and this tucked in uh, green turtleneck shirt. And while it was beautiful, it wasn't even an outfit that I would wear on like, you know, a nice Friday night dinner. I wouldn't even get that dressed up for something like that. (laughs) So it was purely aspirational and not even practical. And then it became really hard to consistently meet that level, um, you know, of outfits and it wouldn't even be sustainable financially to buy all of my anthropology. (laughs) So when I only had those three brand colors to go off of the hunter green, the copper, and then I had a tan in there that I would use pretty often. The only strategy I had behind it was just that I personally liked them. But like I said, they just weren't sustainable. So I 
more recently started to pay more attention to the colors that show up more repeatedly in the background of my photos and in the outfits that I wear on a daily basis. So 90% of the time I take my brand photos at the farm, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there will be in the same type of environment. So I started to bring in some of those more neutral colors that were already provided by the environment. And we have a a pretty cool barn. Ours is painted tan with a white trim. And then inside is a really rich, dark wood. And then when I take photos outside, there's this beautiful greenery in the background. And then sometimes I pose with the horses that are bay, chestnut, and paints. So that gave me a lot of really natural colors to play off of. And then in terms of the outfits that I regularly wear, I wear a lot of denims, browns, and neutrals. So I basically expanded my color palette to focus on six different colors that check all the boxes. Number one, they show up naturally where I consistently take photos. Number two, they are clothes that are already in my wardrobe, so no more trips to anthropology, sadly. (laughs) (laughs) And then they all appeal to my target audience because my audience is also fellow equestrian entrepreneurs. So before you even start to take on Pinterest, first take note of the colors that naturally appear in your environment and your wardrobe, and that will also make your brand even more authentic to you. Okay. That's such a beautiful illustration. Thank you for sharing that example. And I really think our listeners will be able to take that to heart. Now I have a question, a follow-up question for you on that. Sure. What about those people who are listening and saying, um, I don't have a planned photo shoot, but I know I need to post some things on my social media. What would you tell them? Well, we are going to get into making brand graphics on the next tip, (laughs) (laughs) but if you don't feel super confident being in your own photos, or maybe you serve equestrians, but you don't live on a horse farm or you don't have you know, access to maybe hanging out at a friend's barn, you can take all of these photos in your home using just your iPhone. My biggest suggestion, if you're going to do that, um, if you do have an iPhone, of course, you can do this with an Android as well. I just don't know what all of the camera setup settings are on there. So for this example, I'm going to stick with the iPhone, but just try to take all of your photos in portrait mode. And you can do this um, in your home office, or if you have some type of of neutral wall in the background, like a white wall, or maybe it's like a bit of a cream, depending on what your brand colors are. And then bring in some accents in terms of maybe like a candle where the candle is encased into one of your brand colors or a coffee mug, or um, even just in the shirt that you're wearing or a hat. So it doesn't have to be such a literal interpretation. You can just pull in little pops of colors. And I'm a big fan of just working with what you have. Um, And then if you are taking photos using your phone, I highly recommend downloading the Lightroom mobile app. If you follow any influencers out there, I guarantee this is what they are using to edit their photos that they're just taking with their phones. And then when you upload the photos from your camera roll into Lightroom, this app is free, by the way, which is awesome. Um, I suggest adjusting the exposure, the blacks, the whites, the shadows, and then you can also edit the temperature. So that's how you can make your photo more warm, or you can tone it down and make it a little bit more cool to just go with whatever kind of mood is part of your color scheme. 
Okay. That is super helpful. So I'll make sure that we link to that app in our show notes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, So that's really helpful. Thank you for answering that. Sorry for jumping the gun. As you were saying that though, (laughs) that's the question that came to mind because I'm sure some people definitely identify with you and do have photo shoots that they regularly do, even if it's on a quarterly basis. But I know there are also lots of business owners who are taking their pictures on the fly. And I know that they care about their branding and their visual aspects, but they maybe can't always run to their closet and make sure that they're wearing the right clothes, you know, depending on what their colors are. So that was super helpful. Yeah. Lightroom, I think will be such a lifesaver because you can totally take those fun, easy off the cuff photos, but just make sure that the way that you are editing them just matches your overall feed on your social media. And then you could even use those um, photos on your website as well. Yes. Perfect. That's a great example to use them on your website, make use of that. I love repurposing content for sure. Oh, absolutely. And then it also that those visuals repurposing those really just overall reinforce your brand because they might see you on Instagram, but then come across your website. And then when you kind of tie everything all together, it just kind of, you know, adds to that level of kind of repetition and people getting to know you in that way. Yes. And the other thing I was going to mention as you were talking that came to mind is the idea of how the quality of your photos really speaks to the quality of your business. And I always say that too, in terms of the quality and level of service that you're providing, people get a picture of that when they look at your branding. And so obviously, yes, there are some companies out there that have this beautiful branding, and then you have an experience with them that's less than desirable. However, if you have some really good branding in place, then at least from the get-go, people have an expectation that they're going to have a great experience with you, whatever your business might be. Yes, absolutely. Something that I hear all the time in the business world and the branding world is if you show that you invest in your business, it will make people want to invest in you. Hmm, That's good. That's good food for thought. Okay. So lead us to our third tip for branding for consistency. Yeah. Okay. So the third and final tip is to bring all of these different brand elements together for your graphics. And I use Canva for pretty much everything. And this literally turns anyone into a graphic designer. They have a free version and then they have Canva Pro, which is about $12 a month. So you can start with Canva free and make sure that you love it um, before you consider upgrading. So what you can do is Get all of your Pinterest photos together for your branding inspiration. And then I also recommend just taking some photos of whatever environment you think you might be taking photos in consistently. And then you're going to drag and drop all of those photos into Canva. And then what you can do is select create a design and click the Instagram post template because one of the great things about Canva, I'm sure everyone has experienced taking a photo with their phone, going to post it on Instagram and then realizing that Instagram has cropped out part of their picture that they probably wanted um, to highlight as the photo on their feed. So the great thing about Canva is that they offer a whole bunch of different templates so that you know exactly what will be visible in your Instagram post. So for this example, example, let's stick with the Instagram post template. So once you choose that template and you have all of your inspiration photos uploaded into Canva, you can start to place all of these inspo photos on the Canva template. And then once you have all of them on the template, Canva will actually automatically pull out all of the colors in these photos and lay them out 
onto different color palettes for you on the left-hand side of the template. So this will give you a great starting point to when you start to piece together your color scheme and you don't just have to rely on what Pinterest already puts together for you. Oh my so, gosh, that's brilliant. That's a really yeah. good tip. Yeah, because it it also gives you the ability to, like I said, use those photos that you already have of yourself or your farm so that you don't have to guess what those colors might be. Um, and then from here, you can just make a, a copy and delete all of the photos and start creating a little mood board for yourself. So Canva has um, a circle tool and a box tool. They're just these gray shapes that you can fill with different colors. So if you lay out four to six of these and then start mixing and matching the different colors that Canva has pulled out of your photos, you can just mix and match them until you're happy with the combination. And then that gives you a great base for all of your brand colors, because now you know that they're colors that you like and they're colors that show up naturally for you and they're colors that should re uh, resonate with your ideal client. So once you have those colors set, you can sift through the different fonts. Canva has a huge font library. So you can pick three, four maximum fonts that you like and would want to stick with for Everything from your website to your um, branded templates to your pricing guides, pretty much anything that your business name is on is where you should keep your fonts consistent. And then when you're picking out your fonts, just keep in mind you want to have a heading, a subheading, a body text, so for like a paragraph. And then sometimes you might want to have an accent font in there. And that's usually where you see like the script font or the, you know, the fancier ones. And that's pretty much the basic foundation of what you need to make your own brand graphics. And then you can also use the different um, graphic templates that Canva has. So they actually have a whole bunch pre-made for you already. You can just swap out your brand colors and your own photos, or they do actually have a really nice library of equine stock photos in there. And that will just really save you a lot of time. If you want something a little bit more unique, because obviously the only little issue with always using the Canva templates is that you run into um, other people might be using the same ones as well. So they won't be so unique to you. I use Creative Market a lot. It's basically an online, it's kind of like Etsy, but for all just digital downloads. And they have a ton of different font packs, textured backgrounds, and they do have some equine graphics. I, I've bought a couple equine graphics on there. They don't have many, but they have a few. And then just make sure if you do try to purchase from them, double check that it's compatible with Canva because some of them are only compatible with Photoshop. and. The last little tidbit I will add is um, a lot of clients always ask me um, if they have to have a commercial license for a font. And my answer is always, yes, that's a great idea. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. So in that case, when you're saying that, if they're using a font that's in Canva, what are you suggesting they need to do? Well, the commercial license is really just if you want to download a font that's not al already in Canva. Perfect. So, yep. So Canva does allow you to upload your own fonts, but I don't suggest just downloading one for free off of some of these free font websites. Um, definitely purchase it from a, from a font website, or you can find most of them on Creative Market and then upload those to Canva if it's not already in there. 
Yep. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Um, okay. Going back just a little bit to where you were talking about the colors in Canva and doing those things. I thought when you talked about how it's naturally going to bring in the colors that people are already seeing you wear and that you are around and that they will identify with was so good because I have seen um, more than one, you know, Okay, I'm not going to bash purple. I'm going to use purple as an example, but I'm not bashing it. But I have seen some that have like purple all over um, maybe their website, you know, or their brochure. However, they don't wear purple. Their horse is never, you know, have a purple blanket or pad or anything like that. Like it's just the color that they like personally. So they thought they should use it. So I thought what you said was such a good example of how don't just use the colors in your branding that you like because it's your favorite color. You know, if it's your favorite pop of green or whatever it might be, um, because you want people to identify with that and you want to have it be a natural extension of what you already do and what you already wear. Um, so anyway, I wanted to pull yes. that out cause I thought that was really brilliant. Well, it's funny that you brought up the color purple because I actually have a client who just started her own business offering guided meditations on horseback. And when she initially filled out her brand questionnaire, she mentioned that her favorite color is purple and she specifically loved um, the lavender. But during our conversation, just about her vision for her business, we discussed that her business could not only help women and teenagers, but she could also partner with veterans programs and offer workshops to first responders. And although purple was her favorite color, it wouldn't necessarily have mass appeal to all genders. Mm -hmm. Um, So it can be a little bit tricky to find a good balance, but I'll just give you a quick example of how we you know, accommodated her personal preference while making sure it would still have that mass appeal. We um, went more of the dried lavender route. So it was a little bit more muted and then mixed it with the sage green. And then that really leaned more into the reflection of the dried herbs and a more spa-like color palette, which also lends to the idea of meditation and essential oils. Um, So that that's one way that you can, if you pick a color that you love, try to think towards the vision of your overall business and then think about how you might have to just make some small adjustments to make sure that that color really does resonate with your ideal client. Another thing you can kind of test out um, it's is playing with the opacity or the transparency of a color. So this is kind of like looking at those long paint swatches that you get at Home Depot. Um, the most bold version of the color is on one end, and then the tones gradually get lighter as you go down the swatch. And you can actually do that within Canva. So let's say you love a bright, punchy purple, but it won't necessarily resonate with your target audience. Just play with the transparency, and maybe you'll land somewhere in the middle that will have a little bit um bigger appeal. Yeah, that's a great and great example. Thank you for sharing that. And that's a great tip. So this is all so good. And of course, I'll make sure to include the links to these apps that you mentioned here in Creative Market um, on the show notes as well. So we'll make it super easy for everybody. And I want everybody to know that Tara has put together something so cool um, for our podcast audience here. And you'll get a link to that on the show notes. But do you want to share a little bit about what you've put together for our audience, Tara? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I put together a little um, guide that has uh, a little branding formula in there. So don't worry if you weren't taking notes while you were listening. I pretty much just laid out all of the bulk of the information. Um, So everything that you'll need from brand positioning and determining your target audience to developing your aesthetic and building your content library. So I kind of defined um, those three key factors for you and then gave you a little workbook section that just asks you, um, you know, a lot of the important questions. And I really find that the client always has the answers within them. It's sometimes just about asking them the right questions. So a lot of these questions that I pulled for the guide are questions that I ask in my brand and business questionnaire. And that's how we really start to develop someone's brand. Perfect. Thank you so much for putting that together. And that will be over at stormlily.com slash 24 on the show notes. You can get over there and sign up. We will shoot that in an email to you and you will love it. I promise. So Tara, is there anything else that you think everybody needs to know before we go? I guess the last little bit, um, uh, the little tidbit of information that I'll give is when you start to change the direction of your branding on your social media, please don't be discouraged if you start to get some unfollows. So just for an example, right now, just because I've been being super consistent and trying to connect with a lot of people on an average week, I'm gaining about 50 to 60 new followers a week, but there is always at least 15 to 20 people who also unfollow me within the same week. So just remember, anytime you make a big shift, you are going to get some people who are probably going to drop off. It's nothing personal at all. So when you do a rebrand, it kind of weeds out the people who just maybe aren't interested in the direction that your business is going. Maybe they were just passive followers who weren't really engaging with your content. And that means that they're probably people who were never going to buy from you in the first place. So Mm -hmm. you kind of have to just let those people go and then make room for people who will really be part of your tribe and will be really engaged. So just remember that's never anything personal. Um, You do want your audience to be all people who are really engaged with you and who like, um, you know, what you're putting out there. Okay. That's super helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Okay. So tell everybody where can they connect with you online? Yes, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at farm and fur co and that's fur as in fur tree. So it's F I R. And then if you want to check out our website, it's farm and fur co.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Tara. I really appreciate this has been so helpful and I can't wait for our podcast audience to listen to this and to apply the things that you've taught here. Thank you for sharing so freely and specifically. I love actionable and doable tips and strategies and this was spot on. So I appreciate it so much. Oh, you're so welcome, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. Wasn't that so insightful and practical? I really loved that tip about using Canva to discover the color families that are already in your photography and even in your clothing. Really just brilliant. Now, as you heard, Tara has graciously put together a free PDF download just for you, my How to Market Your Horse Business podcast listeners. And so you can get that over at the show notes, stormlily.com slash 24. And she's going to walk you through each of the steps that she outlined here on the podcast. 
So that's all I've got for you today, friends. I really do appreciate you joining me here. If there is anybody that you know that should be listening to the podcast, I sure hope that you'll share it with them. And of course, if you have not subscribed yet, you can do that on your favorite podcast player and you will be sure to get notified when a new episode is available. Now, I also do send an email out every week. And so if you are not on that email, I hope that you'll jump in so I can let you know when a new podcast is up and exactly what we are talking about. And you can jump over to Stormlily marketing.com slash podcast and be sure that you are on that list. And I do have a free website checklist there for you as well. So please help yourself to that. In the meantime, I hope you have a great day. I hope you have fun applying what you've learned here on the podcast and I will see you next week. 